Hello, and welcome to the Reader's Quadrant, an Empyrean podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Samantha. We are doing a chapter-by-chapter reread and analysis of the Empyrean book series written by Rebecca Yaros. Today, we will be discussing Chapter 7 of Fourth Wing. We do swear, and we are not spoiler-free. You have been warned. So, this week on for our battle brief, uh, we have a couple of exciting points here. So, the first one is that Fourth Wing was the most, most borrowed book of 2023 at Queen's Public Library in New York. Which, that, what an interesting t- statistic. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know they tracked things like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, especially for, I'm assuming, that size of a library. I'm assuming it's very large. And I just remember when I was considering reading Fourth Wing in the summer when I hadn't read it yet, I first looked at getting it from the library and there was like hundreds of people on the wait list, both for the physical copy and for the digital version. So I was just like, okay, I guess I will be buying a copy for my Kindle <laughs> because I'm not waiting for months and months and months. I did the same thing because I was reading it for a book club and I was like, that's going to take forever. I just bought the Kindle version. <laughs> and then I bought, now I have now I have three copies of it because I have my Kindle version, my regular edition, and my special <laughs> holiday edition. Same. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm soon to have two copies of Iron Flame because I have my regular Iron Flame and I'm going to get the French version in the spring. Yeah, I'm super jealous. It's so pretty. I, I'm also very excited for that. Can't wait to have something that looks actually nice instead of our just boring sprayed edges, which are just black. I hate our sprayed edges. <laughs> I suppose if you were in the first round of people who got the first fourth wing, you got the sprayed edges with the dragons on them. But I was not that I was not that I've lucky. I've seen those and those are awesome too. Like honestly, if you're just gonna do just plain black, why even spray it? Just leave it because it was getting all over my fingers. Yeah, I just I don't see the point. If you're gonna make it the same color, like why? Yeah, I I do not know, but. Anyways, uh, yay for Fourth Wing and the people of Queens. Yes. How exciting. Also, side note, <laughs> you should do an unboxing when you get it. Oh, I totally will. And then I'll flip through it and see. Because I think there's like illustrations in there, too, Ooh. that are different. So Yeah, definitely. You should definitely do that. Um, and then the second be- bit of news here just came up like a few hours before we started this recording. So Rebecca Yaros actually posted on her story. She must be in the middle of writing empyrean number three right now because she posted today's writing vibes with a sword emoji and then a cloud with lightning coming out of it and it is a screenshot of her listening to i did something bad by taylor swift with a couple of sections of lyrics highlighted the first one says if a man talks shit then i owe him nothing i don't regret it one bit because he had it coming and then the second section says they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. So light me up, light me up, light me up, light me up. So what are your thoughts on this? So the first one makes me think that she's going to have a falling out with someone. I'm not going to necessarily say it's a man because that's just the lyrics. It's just a man. It could be anybody. But I feel like somebody's going to piss her off and she's just going to say, fuck you. Fine, then I'm done. And she's not going to regret it. Hence the, I don't regret it one bit because he had it coming. Um, so it could be Zayden. I hope it's not one of the uh, core group here. Um, 
I yeah, I'm leaning towards this first part is talking about Zayden. If a man talks shit, like we don't know what being turned into a venom is gonna do to Zayden's personality. Yeah. So she might just be like super fed up with him <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Maybe she like punches him in the face or something and she's like, Yeah, he had it coming. That'd be really funny. And then it'd be really <laughs> fitting of her nickname then. Yes. Oh, which makes a special little appearance later in this chapter. Yes, it does. Um, and then for the second one, they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. So to me, that's saying it doesn't matter if you are actually involved or not. You're all going to get painted with the same brush. So light me up, light yeah. me up. Like, let's just get in it. Let's just do it. So, yeah, I think that could be referring to the rebellion. I'm wondering if this isn't. Yeah, I'm wondering if this isn't, like, I wonder if she's not writing some kind of fight scene here. Maybe. I think it might also be just, like, the rest of Basquiat, maybe just everybody's, like, if they, even if they stayed or not, like, they're all going to be painted as traitors now, and they're all going to have to join the rebellion now. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But it's curious. I love that Rebecca Yaros posts these little, like, insights onto her stories. Mm-hmm. Uh I just think they're so fun and I like speculating. So I recommend following her while she's writing so that you you too can speculate with us. Yes. Okay. So for the recap, in the last chapter, Dane took Violet to the Healer's Quadrant where we met the wonderful and lovely Mender Nolan and his more lovely wife, Winifred. Dane didn't want... Mm, this is true. Yes. <laughs> Dane didn't want Violet to get mended because he wanted her to heal naturally so she would have to go to the scribe quadrant. I said it correctly, folks. Note it. There you go. Violet refuses to go even after she gets like the pain medicine so she's essentially on drugs. She still puts her mm-hmm. foot down. So Nolan does heal her arm and she heads back to the dorm where she finds the Book of Brennan. A guide to the writer's quadrant from her brother. So we also ended the chapter with Violet forming her plan of how she's going to, as we know, poison everybody so she can win challenges. Yeah, love that. It's pretty great. I like the sl- smile spreading across her face, by the way. It just makes me think of like an anime villain. <laughs> and it's and it's so smart to the way like we'll see when we get to those chapters but the way she goes about poisoning her opponents it's not like she doesn't do the same thing every time no and she doesn't poison them so they like die it, it, she's very smart about it's, it and so I, I really enjoy it it's very specialized to the person which also orange sh- peel yes <laughs> which shows like her not <laughs> i mean yes she brought the po- the poisons book with her but it just shows her knowledge of poisons and how they work and how to use them correctly. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that was just from all the research she did with her father that she knows about all of these poisons? I would think so. And probably traveling around. Well, and she lived, she's lived at Basque, yeah, so she probably just recognizes a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and also, you know, like we said before, she traveled all over the country. So she was probably just, you know, not exposed to poison, but, you know, around, I don't know. Not exposed directly, but exposed to what the poisons are. Yeah. So chapter seven for our little 
preface prologue quote thing we have two um these are both addendums to the war college code of conduct so the first one is in the best interest of preserving peace within navarre no more than three cadets carrying rebellion relics may be assigned to any squad of any quadrant that's addendum 5.2 bosketh war college code of conduct so okay at this point people don't know that that rule is because of melgren right no and i will i will get into that a little bit sorry we still have another one (laughs) (laughs) so the second one is in addition to last year's changes, so assuming now it's been a year since 5.2, marked ones assembling in groups of three or more will now be considered an act of seditious conspiracy and is hereby a capital offense. And that is addendum 5.3 of the Bosketh War College Code of Conduct. I could not find what addendum 5.0 or 1 is. These are the only two addendums that we have. Yeah, interesting that they didn't have any addendums in between them. These are only specifically related to the marked ones. Yeah. So this is where we are told. um, It's not in the actual text of the book. This is where we are originally told that they it's uh, you'll be killed if you're in a group of three or more. And um, I find it interesting how especially in the first one, no explanation is given other than preserving peace in Navarre mm. and how it was upgraded to being the capital offense. So clearly Melgren's trying to cover his ass. I wonder if something happened in that year in between there that they found out about that caused them to up it so severely. Yeah. Because that just seems excessive um, if nothing really happened. It'd be nice if we knew when these were put into effect. Like, how soon after they were marked was this done? I wonder when Melgren figured out that when three or more are together, he can't see the outcome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It really would have o- yeah, it really would have only come into play once these cadets came into the rider's quadrant because that's the only t- like o- only when they would have started like having an influence on events. Oh yeah, I guess it would have been Zayden 2 years ago. Zayden and Garrick would be they're the two they were oldest the first. ones, right? I think so. So 2 years ago. Bod- so Bodie's the second. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if it was in reaction to Zayden killing the king's son during threshing. Do you think he was with Garrick and Bodhi? Oh, no. Bodhi wouldn't have been there. Who who else would he have been with? He was there with Garrick because Garrick was the one being um, bullied because he talks about it, I think, in this one, in this chapter. Garrick was being bullied during threshing. He defended him and killed that guy. And um, that's what scale shows him. I mean, it makes that that is plausible and it makes sense. I just wonder who the third marked one would be in that situation. I don't know. Unless it was someone who died during the threshing. Maybe. 
and or it could just be since he already knows that three or more is a problem he just kind of kept that number but do you think he knew that three or more was a problem until he started paying attention at when they entered the rider squadron i mean he would have had to at some point to do 5.2 yeah but that only ha- that was only put into place i'm assuming once they became cadets because it says no more than 3 cadets Carrying rebellion relics may be assigned to any squad of any quadrant. So that leads me to believe that that only came into being. Like he, like he only started knowing that that was a thing once they entered Basgath. Maybe, or it's since they knew they would be going to Basgath, once he figured out when they even when they were younger, they just put that rule in just to kind of nip it in the bud. Maybe. Let us know what you got your guys' thoughts are on that because I think that's an interesting topic of discussion. Yeah. When did Melgren know? Mm-hmm. Because Sam and I have discussed before how we find it interesting that it was Melgren's dragon who gave these marks and allowed those marks to have that kind of power over their rider's uh, signet. So that whole situation is interesting to me. Yeah. It's just... The whole thing's just fucked up. <laughs> I just don't know <laughs> Melgren's dragon. I'm like, what side are you on, bro? He's on his own side. This is, yeah, <laughs> Honestly, this is true. <laughs> he's on his own side. Kodak, however you say his name, uh, does not care about anybody else but himself. Yeah. And protect. Well, he cares about protecting the dragons. Fair. Uh, he does not care about humans. No. Not gets, at all. Couldn't give two shits. So, this sets up the uh, entire chapter, basically, because this kind of becomes the focal point um, for why we have this chapter. Um, the chapter opens with Violet foraging for Fonnelly berries along the Iacobos River. So, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of uh, word and name meanings in this half, folks, so buckle up. Um, I couldn't find a meaning for the word fondly, but I did find there's this blog or website is called Empyrean Writers. They have like a social club. They're like a whole thing, apparently. Anyway, on their page about the fondly berries, they say that it is apparently similar to a real life plant called Japanese ivy. Um... The scientific name is Hedera rumbea, um, which is a species of ivy native to East Asia. It is found on rocky slopes, and it's a tree-climbing vine. It can get pretty high. Um, the roots cling to whatever it's on. It's a clinging vine. The stems are green and are poisonous if ingested, and it produces an irritating sap. Hmm. In the berries, looking at them, they are kind of like a blueberry kind of color. So that seems to be what the Fonley berries are based on. And then, so I also looked up the name of the river, Iacobos, which is apparently the Greek, for, original Greek version of Jacob. Oh, I was going to say, it sounds Greek. Yep. It is, and uh, like you think like Jacob or Jacob, you know, you can kind of see it. Mm. Um, so as with 
Jacob in the Bible. The name means, um, it's got a couple different things. The verb kind of varies. So like he may, will, or shall follow, heed, or seize by the heel, watch, guard, protect, um, supplanter, and assailant, and may God protect. So, in addition to this, uh, Rebecca has six children, four of which are boys. So I tried stalking mm-hmm. her Instagram to see if one of her sons is named <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> is that information like not on her Wikipedia page? No. Oh, private. Yeah. I did find one of her sons is named Aaron, which actually I'm guessing is the Aaron in the dedication of the book itself. Oh, that makes sense. The book is dedicated to Aaron, my own Captain America. Through the dip- wait no wouldn't that wouldn't that be her husband her husband's name is jason oh i wonder if aaron's her oldest then yeah i think so. no he's be her second oldest because her oldest she mentions at one point her kids are like bookended by girls so her oldest and youngest are girls and the middle four are boys so i think he's her second oldest huh. and so that's why it's, it's always been you and me kiddo interesting so, it's I think her oldest son um so it's possible maybe one of her kids is named Jacob I think she's religious so it's I don't know I think she's Mormon so yeah um we don't know the names and it does not say if she's Mormon or not on the Wikipedia anyway and I don't think her Website says either. I think it's crazy also that she has six kids and she's only 42. Just throw that out there. <laughs> also, all of her sons also have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, it's possible that one of her sons may be named Jacob, depending on how into her faith she is or not. But, anyway. Yeah, it's a... It- very important name in the bible oh yeah definitely um ironically so jacob is actually as you know a twin with Mm. esau um so keep that in mind because that's actually going to kind of come up again a little bit later in a way so we find out that it's been a week since the last chapter because the challenges start next week and when we ended the previous chapter they were in Two weeks. Math. Yay, math. Your Sesame Street watching has been paying yes. off. Yes. <laughs> so Violet's uh, walking along the river and she finds this boulder she uses as a landmark that she's apparently been using for the past five years. So my question for you is why has she been looking for finally berries for five years? Oh, I don't know. Because she's apparently so familiar with this specific tree that she's able to climb it by moonlight and memory. Maybe for her dad? I don't know. I wonder if they have some kind of medicinal use and she like hands them off to Winifred. Oh, maybe. Like an anti-venom type thing? Like an antidote? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Because we learned last week that the healers have to use 
like medicine. They don't have any magic, so. Right. We also learned that her arm is still in a sling. Although she's hoping that she'll be able to get remove the sling soon. So she climbs a tree, she finds some berries, and we learn that she's also found some mushrooms that same night, and she's been gathering other things for the past week. As she starts to head back down the tree, she hears a noise and spots two figures in black cloaks heading in the direction of the tree she's in. Where she makes a really funny quip, I think, because really she's also wearing a black cloak. And she's like, apparently tonight's disguise of choice. Uh... Honestly, I don't know why she feel like, feels like she's being original when she's surrounded by writers who exclusively wear black. I know. It's just it's just really funny to me. She's really... Honestly, she is really funny. Like, as a whole. Her inner monologue is Violet funny. Violet is yeah. funny. Um, so, she watches them and she realizes that it's Imogen and Zayden. And she's horrified. Funny how things change, isn't it? because <laughs> uh she would be so happy to see them in like you know five six chapters or so <laughs> mm-hmm. once again violet thinks that zayden wants to kill her lol and uh she can't she sees that they're talking and she can't but she can't hear them over the noise of the river um i find it funny that she thinks that they're lovers at first <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Because once we, I'll, I'll say something similar once I get to my section. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the way she looks at him. <laughs> yes. I mean, to be fair, they does sound like those are some serious doobie eyes. Um. <laughs> uh, but for Imogen, I'm pretty sure she just respects Satan so much. She does. I mean, we know she has a crush for on like Garrick, what? but still. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So um, Zayden then turns as if he's looking for someone, and Violet notices that almost two dozen more Markbones are heading their way. Which, I just want to take a moment here. That's 24 other kids. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. It is, but, okay, how many Marked Ones are there total? 150. 50? Is that how many marks he has on his back? 107. Shit. I knew it was, I right. knew it was 100. <laughs> so 107 marked ones. This is the third year that they can go into um, the Rider Squadron. So that means with Zayden and Imogen. So there's 20, assuming there's 26 of them currently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this was 17, was 17 years ago that this happened? That they all got marked. I thought it was... Is that when that no, happened? I thought it was six, because it was when Brennan died. Uh, okay. So, there's there can only be... So, there's 81 left spread out over, like, 17 years. 79, because like of of, two of them died. Of 80, of, okay, 79 over 17 years of age. So, I mean, on average, you would have... Like two or th- like two or three per year. So like yeah, I mean, it's not really that surprising because they have they have to go through, and there's only a limited time frame of from whence they come. Yeah, that's true. It's just I don't know. It just feels like a lot. Like saying two dozen versus realizing that's twenty four. Like to me mentally, that just makes a difference. 
So, and Violet realizes that since there's so many together at one time, they're clearly in violation of those uh, laws that we read earlier. And she's kind of wondering, why are they meeting? Like, she asked if their baby homesick. And so we also learned that there's a group of cadets from Moraine who like to go to the lake on Saturdays because it reminds them of the ocean. Which is kind of nice in a way, if you think about it. Mm. So she's kind of wondering, like, maybe they're just talking about old times. But then she's like, Dane pops in her fucking head. And she's like, ah, shit, I gotta listen to what they're saying so I can report it to Dane. So she moves down the tree so she can hear what they're saying. Which honestly is really fucking brave. Because she is right next to Zayden and Imogen in her spot. Because she knows that she's close enough to be able to kick Imogen in the head if she wanted. Yeah. Alright, now we're going to get a bunch of names. So, one cadet who we learn is Garrick notes that they've already lost two people. Sutherland and Luperco. Or Luperco. So even though this is the only mention of these two, I looked up their names anyway. Because, why not? So, <laughs> Sutherland is a Scottish name and probably refers to the uh, county of Sutherland in northern Scotland. So one of those, you know, geographic names. The second one, Luperco, looks like it is a reference to um, the she-wolf in Roman mythology that took care of the twins Romulus and Remus. Um, they are the two who founded Rome in mythology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're a fan of Star Trek, that's where uh, that comes from. <laughs> the Romulans. And Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. Remus. Remus. That's why he is his name. She, like, went really spot on with his name. Like, Lupin. Really? Come on. <laughs> Literally means, like, you know, Lupine. Wolf. Uh, so, next up, we have Garrick. So Garrick, uh, his name has two meanings. In Old English, um, it means one who governs with a spear or spear king. And in French, it means oak tree grove. So take that as you will. <laughs> uh, just going back for a second to when we were talking about the number of marked ones coming into the writer's quadrant, I just... My math-loving brain couldn't help it. I did some quick calculations. And on, on average, in an average year, if we're to assume that each year there was the sa- same amount of children born, um, there would be about 5.6 marked ones coming into the Rider's Quadrant in any given year because they range from ages of 23 to 6. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Thank you, finance executive. <laughs> carry on (laughs) okay so thank you for that though seriously i'm not joking i'm being serious i just snorted water out of my nose (laughs) (laughs) let's continue learning about names okay garrick's last name is um tavis or tavis which is actually apparently a Scottish form of Thomas, which means twin. So remember back what I said about the uh, river? The river. There are twins there. There's actually a lot of twins because there's the Remus Remus and Romulus. And and now here again. So 
I wonder if that's huh. foreshadowing. Maybe there's going to be like, maybe Violet's going to have us give birth to twins later or something. I don't know. I swear to God, I hate the pregnancy trope so much that if that happens, I might not continue reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there right now. Silver Flame, Sidrian. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I cannot. I am immediately disinterested. Anyways. So also, Tavis is Gallic, and they pr- pronounce it also Tavis. Hmm. So there's that. Moving on. <laughs> Back to the chapter. Imogen says that they have to stick together if they want to survive till graduation, which causes another first year to ask what happens if their meeting is discovered. Zayden says that they won't find out. And then he gives a small pep talk, just kind of outlining everything. And that annoys Violet because she finds it admirable. And she's annoyed that she finds him admirable. <laughs> so Zayden clearly knows about Melgren's limitations. Yes. Yeah. And we'll get into more about what he knows. I'm thinking you will too, but I'm sure. Hmm. Zayden asks how many cadets are struggling on the mats, which causes four people to raise their hands. Violet notes that Liam Myrie doesn't raise his hand because he is one of the best of her year. So, Liam is a form of William. Makes sense. Yep. Meaning, helmet of will, protection, and strong-willed warrior, which fits him extremely well. I know. That makes me sad. I know. <laughs> His last name is uh, Mari. Is actually a form of Mary. Which I didn't realize, but it makes sense. And apparently Mary actually means bitter. Which I didn't know that before. Hmm. Uh, also, though, his name is essentially William Mary. Which makes me think of the college of William and Mary. In Virginia. Oh. I'm not sure if that's what Rebecca was going for or not, but you know, there it is. It is the second oldest college in, I think, all of North America. It was founded in like the 16 somethings, like Thomas Jefferson attended there. Hmm. And it's still there, it's still in existence. You can still attend there. Maybe one of her, she, I know she has kids in college on each coast. So maybe her East Coast kid Mm -hmm. goes there, if that's what she was going for. I don't know. But I just find that to be a really odd coincidence. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. So Garrick offers to teach the cadets who need help. And Violet realizes that Garrick is the flame section leader in her wing, placing him directly just above Dane in the hierarchy. So for her, it goes Zayden. Garrick, Dane. Just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. Zayden starts to say that Garrick is the best fighter, but then he's interrupted by Bodhi to say that Zayden is actually the best fighter. So, here we go again. More names. Who do you think is the best fighter? Zayden. Honestly. Because he's more controlled. I think mm. second to him would honestly be Imogen. Because she is good, and also, like he says here in a bit, she's more patient, meaning that she's a patient teacher. Yeah. And I think that's important when you're fighting, too. 
Oh, definitely. So, that's what I would think. Um, Bodhi's name. We're going to get into some fun stuff here. So, Bodhi's name is Sanskrit for awakening or enlightenment. Like a Bodhi tree. Exactly. That is the name of the fig tree that Siddhartha Gautama was meditating Mm -hmm. under when he attained enlightenment and became the Buddha. Of course, I had to read Siddhartha for my grade 10 Christian ethics class. Yeah, I've had to read it too (laughs) Um, when I was in college and undergrad. That's how I know how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you didn't know, there's also a Bodhi Day uh, celebrated in Buddhism for that whole thing. Mm, Makes sense. Yeah. Like if you just Google Bodhi, that's what you're going to find. Um, Bodhi's last name, Durin, which... <gasps> Laura. No. Wait. <laughs> Is there a Laura that you're talking about? <laughs> Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Oh, Laura Dern. <laughs> oh my god. Why did you think I just said Laura? Right? I was so confused. <laughs> because it's durin like durian fruit but <laughs> i heard durn no it's durin d-u-r-r-a-n <laughs> that's what i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> okay <laughs> oh lord oh that's oh, too good so that just happened <laughs> so according to this website houseofnames.com this is actually a Gaelic last name it's an Irish surname so I guess it'd be Gaelic if it's Irish but mm. doesn't that the difference yeah I think so Irish Gaelic Scottish Gaelic yeah so there's apparently um, some Gaelic words that that name comes from which Honestly, I'm not going to try to pronounce. Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce it completely wrong. Like, uh, all right. I'm just going to pronounce it in an anglicized way. I apologize to everybody, but I honestly don't know. How is it spelled? D-E-O-R-A-D-H-I-H-A-I-N. Jordan? Oh, Jordan, okay. <laughs> like Jordan, I don't know. So apparently, it is a derivative of this other word, which I found a Gallic pronunciation of, uh, which is Jorig, Chorig, something like that. Mm-hmm. I listened to it pronounced a lot. I tried, uh, <laughs> which that name means alien, stranger fugitive, exile, destitute person. Hmm. Which kind of embodies the whole thing with all of the marked ones, in my opinion. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, We also learned that Bodhi is Zayden's cousin on his father's side because his father had a sister and they resemble each other a lot. I like it when Violet is trying to remember people's names, by the way. (laughs) She's like, shit, what was his name? 
starts with a B. It's literally what she says. I just find it really funny and also real because that's what we've been doing. Because because last episode or no when when they were sparring, she's like that guy's name starts with a T. I cannot. Yeah, remember <laughs> we, the person who was sparring with Rihanna. Yeah, and we've all been there. It's like shit. What was his name? It starts with the. <laughs> it starts with a B. Like we, you know, we've all been there. So, I find it funny. Um, they kind of go back and forth a bit over if he is actually the best and whatever. And basically, Zayden says, like we were saying before, Garrick's the best, but Imogen's also up there with him, and she's a lot more patient as a teacher. So he tells the four to split up between the two of them because it'll only be groups of three and three, which then they won't get pissy about. He then asks if anybody needs help with anything else. And this other cadet essentially freaks out and says that he can't do it and that he's not going to make it. And Zayden says, you know what? Nope, you're not going to make it. Uh, Just go die. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Like, Violet gas and the people other in the group gas, and they're just like, what the fuck? And Bodhi's just like, uh, that was a little harsh. And Zane's just like, what do you want me to say? If you're not going to help themselves, then I can't help you. And then he goes on this long speech about the harshness of their reality and what all they need to do. One thing that I noticed in his speech, though, is he says, not everyone here is going to make it home to whatever's left of our homes. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you think he makes that change because he knows Violet is there listening? Because Arisha's been rebuilding this entire time. Oh. Interesting thought. I haven't thought of that, but maybe. Because we know, like, he knows she's there. Yeah, he, he does know that she's there. But I don't I don't know if he would he would make a slip up like that. He's so collected. I don't know. And she she doesn't necessarily know that he's from Arisha, does she? Not at this point. Well she knows that he's from Tyrandor and she knows that Arisha was burned to the ground. Yeah, but he could have been from some small, like, little country home. But I see what you're saying. Interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah. And uh, then everything just goes quiet. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Zayden asks for them to give him a problem that he can actually solve, uh, which leads a first-year girl that Violet recognizes from Third Bing, but once again, she cannot remember (laughs) this girl's name. Um, (laughs) She speaks up. to be fair, like, she also knows that most of these people are just going to die anyway. So I think she's just not bothering to really learn people's a, names. A distinction that she does make in Iron Flame when she just straight up does not care about any of the first years until they make it to, to the threshing, pretty much. I mean, it's a it's protection. Like, you're protecting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So this first year pipes up and she, her... Um, issue is with battle brief um she says it's not that i can't keep up but the information dot 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 so this is very obviously that the marked ones are having trouble because they know the truth about what's happening Mm -hmm. in the border towns and about the venom and everything 
So Imogen says, oh, that's a tough one. And this is when Violet notes that she's looking at Zayden with soft eyes and her posture's changed. She tucks a, a strand of hair behind her ear. So it's like, it's so clear that Violet thinks that Imogen's like just in love. Yeah, she... With Zayden. I mean, if she's kind of... She's getting jealous a little bit. Oh, 100% she's getting jealous. Um, <laughs> but back to back to Battle Brief. So Zayden says, you learn what they teach you. Keep what you know, but recite whatever they tell you to. So going back to the fact that Zayden knows that Violet is there, I think this is an interesting conversation for them to be having at this point. Yeah. Because Violet is super fucking confused because she's like, Battle brief is super important. Uh, scribes use that class to keep the writers up to date on the goings on in the military. What are they talking about? And this is like a very crucial piece of information to be discussing now. And they knows that she's there. Honestly, I'm surprised one of the other, you know, 24 people there didn't say it. Yeah. He, he can only control himself. Like he can't, you know, like I'm surprised someone else didn't pipe up and, you know, go off about the venom or something. Yeah, I wonder if they just had a blanket rule, like, once they stepped over the parapet, Zayden or someone, like, one of the higher up uh, rebel kids goes to talk to the first years and is like, you do not mention the word Venon anywhere in inside this college. Yeah, or maybe they just already kind of know from what happened. Yeah, and if they don't want to be killed, they probably know to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. After they have this discussion about uh, Battle Brief, Violet realizes that nothing that this group is doing is really illegal, other than the gathering itself. Like, they're just trying to help each other make it through the Riders Quadrant. It's like, she's technically doing something that's against the rules, too, when she has her book from Brennan. Mm -hmm. So she empathizes, I think. Although, I hate this line. But if Dane knew, he'd be honor-bound to... Like, he's such a rule follower. And I say that indignantly as if I am not the most rule follower (laughs) (laughs) in real life. But I would hate Dane in real life. I'm pretty sure. Because he's the obnoxious kind of rule follower. Yes, because I guess my thing is I... I follow the rules, but it's like, I don't really pay attention to what anyone else is doing. Like, doesn't involve me, doesn't involve me. Well, and I'm sure, like, in these types of situations, you would be more flexible than, like, what he is. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to war college, so I couldn't say. Fair. Um, I think here, too, Violet's also jealous that they're helping each other. Yeah. I think she says later, like, how she wishes that somebody would, you know, give her the time of day to help her. But, I mean, she does have help. Yeah, she like, means, like, from, like, an older, like, she says something, I forget where it is, but, like, how it'd be nice, you know, it's nice to know that they're being cared for, like, the... Watch. Yeah. yeah. So, after they uh, do that, someone asks, when do we get to kill Violet Thorngale? And the Imogen looks at Zayden, sweetly, and uh, says, yeah, Zayden. When do we finally get to have our revenge? So that's interesting. This is interesting on many levels because we know that 
Zayden says that Violet is his because we know this is because of his deal with Lilith. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let anyone else touch her. But this is also interesting on another level because Garrick says, punishing children for the sins of their parents is the Navarian way, not the Tyrish. Because they want to do the exact same thing mm-hmm. to Violet that they see that Lilith did to their to them. So like it's just it, it shows that like hypocrisy in times of war. I don't know I don't know how to word this, but it's like you always think it's okay when you're the side that's doing something bad and it takes someone special I think to be on the outside of that, like Garrick mm-hmm. being like no. Like objectively this is not right. Yeah, you need someone to break the cycle. Yeah, uh, take the take the high road, even though that might be shitty. But um, and I think too, if they had read that missive that we saw from Lilith about it, I wonder if that would change their opinion. I don't think it would because they were there when it happened. So I think seeing someone with your own eyes and then reading someone say, oh, I don't actually really want to do this. I don't I don't think it would have done anything because she still did it. Yeah. Well, and I guess, too, her thing was more about them being present for it than the actual executions. Yeah. Um, also, though, when Garrick says this is the Novarian way, not the Tyrish, this shows that they view themselves as, like in quote air quotes like others like they are not navarian they do not see themselves as navarian yeah they they're like our own separate country in their minds yeah so this should clue people in right away to the fact that they're not fighting for navarre like doesn't matter they're they're not fighting for navarre no and i i wouldn't blame them honestly (laughs) Uh, yeah absolutely not um, so Zeta mentions, he's like, don't forget her brother was, was Brennan Sor- Sorengill. So, okay, this confuses me. Do they not all know about Brennan? Or is it just a select few of them? I think they probably, well, remember though too, Brennan changed his name. So technically yeah. Brennan Sorengill is dead. It's Or maybe he's just saying... She has as much reason to hate us as we do her because she thinks that we killed her brother. Regardless, maybe. Yeah, but regardless, they took her brother away from her. Yeah. I mean, if he's even if know. he's I not just, dead, he's still gone. I just found that wording kind of weird. Anyways. Well, it says he pointedly looks at Imogen and the first year. Like he's trying to be like, don't say it. Because, again, he knows she's there. So I think he's trying to be like, don't spill this. Yeah. So after this whole exchange, Zayden tells them to go back to bed in twos or uh, go back to bed in threes so that they're not breaking any rules. And then Violet stays in her hiding space, counting to 500 before she moves. So (laughs) this makes me laugh because that's literally like, okay, 500... Divided by 60 is what? 8.333 minutes. That's a long um, time. <laughs> then Zayden's just standing there. Zayden waiting the whole time. <laughs> He's probably just, just like, the, the fuck is taking her so long? 
Um, <laughs> he's literally just standing there, which makes me laugh. And plus, he had but to be ready so. like that entire time because he didn't know when she was going to move. Yeah, even so, she climbs down, a shadow lunges behind her, um, and an elbow goes against her neck, which is then replaced by a dagger. So this is also when it's revealed that Zayden Signet is Shadow Wielder. And we also learn, of course, that this is a very rare Signet because, of course, of course it is. Like, (laughs) these are super... You only ever get books about the super special people, never about the regular everyday <laughs> everyday people. So of course Zayden has a super special rare signet. Yeah. Also, I uh, love her joke. <laughs> Let me guess, you could smell my perfume. Isn't that what always gives the heroin yeah, away? That- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sure, it was your perfume. <laughs> yeah. I just like just hearing that interaction in my head is just really funny. <laughs> So Violet and Zayden, they kind of go back and forth in their little verbal sparring match, if you will, with Violet pulling out her own daggers to defend herself. (laughs) But uh, Zayden uh, mocks her stance. He says, that stance is really the best defense you can muster. No wonder Imogen nearly ripped your arm off. (laughs) (laughs) He's also teaching her at the same time. Exactly. She says, I'm more dangerous than you think. And he says, so I see. I'm quaking in my boots. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. So Violet then throws her daggers at Zayden and they like land in the tree um, behind him. And he's like, yeah, you missed. She says, did I? And so he, he backs up. And it ends up that the hilt of the daggers is brushing his ear. So, like, she, I guess she didn't technically miss. Is that her point? Like, she, she aimed properly? hmm Yeah. But then. But then. What a great line here. <laughs> you look all frail and breakable, but you're really a violent little thing, aren't you? Swoon. <laughs> Swoon. <laughs> so this is the first time we get that... Kind of a variation on that nickname. And she's, she gets kind of turned on by it because she notes the smile curves his perfect lips. Yes, yes. I, um, he, and she, he's like, she's like, I hate how beautiful he is. Every time she's <laughs> like, damn it, he's hot. <laughs> yes, but what, I, what else I like about this line by Zayden is he's already deduced that Violet is stronger than she looks, can handle her own shit, like, unlike most of the other people in her life. Mm hmm. Yeah, he appreciates it. Because she's like, you look frail and breakable, but you're like, not. So anyways, <laughs> Zayden's shadows go up and like take the daggers out of the tree. And Violet's breath just leaves her. <laughs> he has the kind of power that could end me without him having to do so much as lift a finger. I hate how beautiful he is. How lethal his abilities make him. <laughs> He's like one of those poisonous flowers I've read about from the Cygnus forest to the east. His allure is a warning not to get too close. And I am definitely too close. No, not yet. Not yet. You're not. Nope. But you will be. And he is showing off with his daggers taking the deck with his shadows taking the daggers out. Like he's 100% just showing off. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's enjoying himself. Um, So... Zayden tells Violet that she should show her dagger throwing trick to Jack Barlow and she is like 
flabbergasted about that. I think that and the fact that he gives her her daggers back. Well, and the fact that he's been paying attention. Yeah. To the fact that Jack Barlow wants her dead. Which would be very problematic for him. I like (laughs) this part, too. He reaches under my own cloak and slides one blade into the sheath at my thigh, then pulls back the side of my cloak and pauses. His gaze locks onto the length of my braid where it falls over my shoulder, and I could swear he stops breathing for a heartbeat before he slides the remaining dagger into one of the sheaths at my wrist. Like, oh, oh my god. But like, is sliding the dagger into the sheath on her thigh? Oof. Oh, It's getting steamy. It is, honestly. <laughs> That is, that um, is, but Sam and I, that's sexy. We were talking beforehand about how we know from Iron Flame that Violet's hair is one of the things that he like likes the most about her. Yeah. So the fact that his breath gets caught like when he's staring at her hair. Yep. Just a little fun, t- little fun tidbit here. Yeah. Her hair always uh, turns him on. <laughs> so Zayden's curious. He asks. Do you plan on telling anybody about our club? And Violet says, no. And he acts surprised. We already know that this is not the case. Like, Zayden can read intentions. Like, y- you have to think that he knew that she wasn't going to tell. I-, I think he still had to ask the question first. Like, you're not going to know someone's intention without them thinking about their intention. I think he would have known that when she was thinking about, oh, they're not doing anything illegal. Oh, Okay. But at that point, though, that doesn't mean she's not going to tell. I guess. Because he knows that she's tight with Dane. And he's Dane just, is Dane. It, like, it does bother me. Like, he is a very good actor, Zayden. Like, yeah, he has to be, I suppose, to survive this long. But Well, because um, I don't think he uses... I think he uses a signet a little bit further down when she says, he looks at me like he's trying to see through me and ice prickles my mm-hmm. scalp. I think that's him using the signet. Yeah, he definitely is. Oh, yeah. We know that. Because we know that from the Variety interview that anytime she gets those tingles, that that is Zayden using his signet on her. That and in Iron Flame when she asks him, like, he specifically says he did at this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So Zayden says he owes Violet a favor, and Violet is, like, shocked that he leaves her unscathed, but this is one of my favorite lines of the entire chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Get back to bed before your wing leader realizes you're out after curfew. She's like, what? You're my wing leader. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a stupid little joke. It's so funny. (laughs) And then he just vanishes. Does he become become shadow? Can he become shadow and like move like shadows? No, I think he can like cloak himself in shadows. Hmm. I don't think he can become shadows. That'd be fucking baller. Um, anyways, I just had a note here. I was like, the whole tone of this interaction kind of changes for me with what we know from Iron Flame about his second signet. Like, knowing her intentions and him reading her, it kind of gives it a little more, like, he is also doing it without permission. Like, well, we call out Zane, we have to call out, well, we call out Dane, we have to call out Zayden for this, too. Yeah. Um, so it is a little icky. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. And I mean, it is getting addressed in Iron Flame. Like, that's one of the major fights they have. 
And I think she even mm-hmm. tells him that he's no better than Dane. And he agrees. Yeah. He's like, you're not wrong. Anyways. So. So we end the chapter with Violet, like, super giddy because she has those fawnily berries in her satchel and she's ready to go poison some people. And she gets that slow smile again. <laughs> yep. So. We're going to head into our assembly meeting here. So Emily on Discord sent us a little chat here. Um, she said, Iron Flame spoilers. We find out in Iron Flame that Zayden is using a second signet in the scene and knew he could trust her to keep their se- the secret about their meeting. Since he can read intentions, not specific thoughts, do you all think his intrinsic abilities include knowing who is intending them? So in the scene, does he know it's Violet the whole time because his power can sense both identity and intention? Or can his shadows tell him and work together? I just took him at his word about the shadows during the first read, but now I'm curious. I think he knows. I think with his intrinsic ability, he knows. It's Violet. I don't know. I kind of actually, I'm more leaning towards the shadows are telling him who it is and they're working together. But I also think that even now, before they're dragons, like before they're bonded to dragons who are mates, I I think that Zayden and Violet have some sort of connection. Are they mates? No, because <laughs> yours has already clarified that in this world, mates are only dragons. But I think, I think, I still think that Zayden and Violet have some sort of it, it, it like initial connection before Violet even bonds to Taryn. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still think that it's the shadows were like, hey, you know, told him who it was that was there. So I feel like with the intense, like the way he describes it, it's kind of more nebulous. So you're thinking in a crowd of people, he wouldn't be able to tell who, like, who's thinking, like, whose intentions are whose? I think he'll maybe, maybe be able to say, like, that person's intention is this, but I don't think he's going to know that person's intention is this, and that is this specific person. Okay. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll learn more about that in number three. Actually, hopefully we will, because I feel like that's a big question mark. I Honestly, it, it, like it's potatoes, potatoes. He has both abilities, and I think they work in tandem. Yeah. So he can use them as he sees fit. Yeah. But my thing is, how would his shadow, like, was he using his shadows in front of all of the other rebel kids or was he just using his intrinsic abilities like how would his shadows have known it was violet if he wasn't using them well i guess it's kind of like Azrael in a way in um akatar like the shadows can like just tell him things so he doesn't need to be actively using his shadows they're just there it could you know like he can be like what is that who is that up there and he can kind of find out because she like because she's in the shadows yeah she's in the shadows anyway and also it's dark so she wouldn't necessarily see if he extends a little shadow tendril Hmm. you know to take well and she wouldn't know yeah she right she wouldn't know because she at that point she didn't know that he's a shadow wielder no and he may have even used his shadows to hide her from the rest of the marked ones Hmm. because it's kind of weird that she was that low and literally nobody sees her yeah they're all self-involved. True, but, you know, she almost gasps herself. She has to put her hand over her mouth, so she does move at some point. Yeah, she's not very stealthy. No. No. 
So I think he had to. He probably helped to hide her from them. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Good question. Interesting question. If you have questions like that for us, please join us on our Discord. Lots of fun stuff happening on there. Yeah, it's been real, real happen lately. Lots of discussions. Yeah. Especially about food. Anytime food and then anytime Rebecca Yaros posts on her Instagram story about writing, we all like collectively freak out. We do. So that's fun. Also memes. So other <laughs> yeah, memes. Yes. Um because who just posted uh, all of those memes? I am bad. Just shared like four or five memes. Um although I think my favorite is Ew, I stepped in shit, and then it's got Dane on the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is us. <laughs> that, one, that one's my favorite. I will say, just another commentary. One of the, her memes that she did was commenting about um, that chances are high that Taryn will not survive until the end of the series. I agree. I don't, because... I mean, then Violet would die, and I don't... I don't I don't think she would, because she's tied to Andarna as well. So I think the only possible person who could die out of this quint is Taryn. Scale dies, Zayden dies, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Taryn dies, I don't think Violet dies, because she has that other connection. Mm, maybe I didn't think about the Andarna connection. Because I just was thinking, like, you know, if Taryn dies, she dies. And I don't think, since Violet is kind of an extension of Rebecca Yaras. I mean, there's a reason she gave her her specific illness or condition. Mm. I guess I shouldn't call it an illness. Condition. And I don't think she's going to kill off, essentially, herself. No, she's not going to kill off herself, but I can see her killing off Taryn. That's fair. I will not be pleased. But I can see it happening. (laughs) So other than Discord shenanigans, what have you been getting up to in the last two days since we recorded? Yeah. uh, So last week, we both just had a bunch of stuff happening. Like uh, Kelsey got hurt. I got sick. And uh, we didn't record until Sunday (laughs) for our Tuesday release. So we are recording now Tuesday, our normal day. Uh, so not much has happened. Um, I got, it was struggling to even think like, did I even watch TV since we recorded? <laughs> oh, I will say we didn't mention this last episode. Both Sam and I have been watching PWHL games. Yes. And it is amazing. Truly, if you enjoy hockey, PWHL's Professional Women's Hockey League, it's like kind of the first of its kind. Um, So there's six teams right now. Mm -hmm. There is Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Boston, Minnesota, New York. Um, And this is like one of the first times that these women are getting paid to play professional hockey and they don't have to have a second job to support themselves so it's like it's really fun to watch because it's super physical because when you're getting paid you don't have to worry about a second job like you can like be more physical Mm -hmm. and put yourself into more risky situations because this is your job you're insured and it's great 
And it's so nice to be able to watch women's professional sports in this capacity. Yes. They've been breaking attendance records. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of the games are available on their YouTube channel. And if you're in Canada, most of them are available on TSN as well, if you have that. Yeah. So there's like some channels in the states that have them as well um i personally don't get the channels that they're on um (laughs) but the youtube stream is great youtube it's great quality it's free um and it's not just like you're not just just watch it like it's not just a feed of the game like there's commentary and intermission discussions and everything and so, yeah, it's a great quality. So, it's also on um, Bally Sports North. Um, I do not get that particular edition of Bally Sports, but that looks like the only American channel that I can recognize on here. Um, the rest all look Canadian. I'm assuming. Yeah, though, which is unsurprising. MSG, RDS2. I'm guessing those are Canadian. I, <laughs> MSG, wouldn't that be New York? MSG? Isn't that Madison Square Garden? Well, that's the channel. Oh, okay. RDS is the French version of TSN. Okay. There's also NESN, CBC, and Radio Canada. CBC is Canadian Broadcasting, yeah. GEM? Yep, CBC GEM, which is their online platform. Yeah, if you look on their... Which is free. Oh. So CBC GEM is... So if you don't want to pay for TSN... And you don't have YouTube. CBC Gem is a free app that you can get and you can watch a whole variety of sports. So it's like during the Olympics, you can watch any and all events like and on replay. And so anytime an event is on, you can just go on CBC Gem and watch it. And that's a completely free application. Mm. Interesting. If you go to the PWHL official um, Instagram page just today... um, January 9th, they posted their upcoming games um, week in January. So by the time this actually airs, this will be obsolete. But I'm assuming they're going to do it every week. And it has the upcoming games and where you can watch them. So it has like the different channels, um, but you can always also find them on the YouTube on the YouTube page. Um, this is also this interesting fact about this league. It was just put together in like six months. Yeah. (laughs) They just started in June. (laughs) So the teams don't have like names or mascots or anything like that yet. They're just like Toronto, New York for this year. And then next year they're going to have actual like logos and all that. They just wanted to get it started. Yeah. So they're having a, they're having a condensed season. So the season literally just started January 1st. Yeah. And already their official store is sold out of like everything. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like all the jerseys, they've been selling out stadiums. Um, they brought together a New York Ranger and a New York Islander. Yeah, I think I read that Which is um, Toronto PWHL, all of their home games for the season are sold out. As, as, yeah, I saw that. I think um, Montreal or Minnesota is as well. Also, I heard the Minnesota Crazy. team is mostly made up of women from Minnesota. From, yeah, all of their captains are from Minnesota. Which is awesome. I mean, let's be real. Minnesota is basically Canada. 
It's Canada South. That's what we say. Yeah, it really. I mean, they even have. I'm. So, they even have like the accent. They really do. I'm not joking. It's it's funny. I love it though. So yeah, it's really awesome. Um, we're really excited just to see because professional women's hockey has been like non-existent. It's like this is probably like the first time, almostly almost ever that women have been playing hockey professionally. Yeah. Seeing them play professionally in a sustainable way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. So if you are at all interested, please give it a try. Yes. I would like to see this league succeed and expand. And Yeah. yeah go back to their YouTube. Like all of their videos. Even if you don't watch them, just like them. So that way it kind of shows interest. And you can also then live stream all of the games and chat with other fans, too, while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, tell me, have you reached the promised land? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate this book now. I don't actually. I do actually really do like this book, but it's just taking me for fucking ever. Just life. Uh, I'm almost there. <laughs> I have... Less than a hundred pages. Oh, that's good. Is that including like all of the stuff at the back or? I'm not good. I'm not including that. So oh, the okay. last like actual chapter page is 700 page 701. I am. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I am on page 623. Okay. So yeah. I am. Just about there. You're getting there. I honestly, this might even be like the last chapter that I'm starting. I'm trying to flip through to see where the next chapter. Nope. 20s. I have like two or three chapters left. So close. I am so close. I'm at to the point where they just passed the midterms that were disastrous of 2010 for the Democrats. Mm. And um, they were trying to pass the Dream Act and it failed the first time. And myself, myself, I've been reading Wolf Gone Wild by Juliet Cross. So I got this book in a Christmas exchange from another Discord. Oh. And I've really been enjoying, enjoying it. It's about a werewolf who uh, can't, uh, he can't let his werewolf out because there's a hex been, that's been placed on him. So he has to work with a witch. Mm. So it's fun. And then both of us are in agreement about our last points here. It is both snowing and getting very cold in both of our respective locations yeah not as cold as you though apparently tell the listeners how cold you're gonna be getting yeah so (laughs) um saturday night here in my my lovely city is gonna be getting to around minus 48 that's fahrenheit celsius celsius oh is it celsius i thought it was fahrenheit yeah that's celsius what is that in well, Fahrenheit? I don't know what it would be Fahrenheit. I thought you're just. Let's see. I thought that was supposedly Fahrenheit. If, minus. If that's in Celsius, good God. Minus minus fifty four point four Fahrenheit. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck! It's even worse than I thought. <laughs> so you know, there's that. Fuck that noise! I'm sorry. So I will not be leaving. Probably the entire weekend I'll be staying in my home. Yeah. Um, We're getting um, 
rain and snow yesterday and today. And then just in time for it, then there's nothing in the next few days, but you know, it's going to freeze and then it's going to get, we're supposed to be getting Icy. five to eight inches of snow, I think on Friday. So we're going to have snow on top of ice. It's going to be great. Black ice. Hooray. Yay. Love that. Yeah. And then we start next week in single digits in Fahrenheit. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anywho, uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening to us. You can find our Instagram at Reader Squadron Podcast. You can email us at readersquadpod at gmail.com with any questions or inquiries that you might have. And be sure to join our Discord. A link will be posted on our Instagram. And I just want to shout out, we hit 2,500 listens. Ooh, so thank you very much for that. Please... Tell a friend about us if you think they will like us. Just spread the word. Yes. And please follow our Instagram. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kelsey posts lots of things in there. She's pretty awesome with the Instagram. I'll be frank. She handles the Instagram. All props go to Kelsey for that. <laughs> um, I I just go on these bi- uh, like these binges where I just like repost a, a shit ton of reels and a lot of them are really funny. <laughs> it's fine. And, like, you handle all the stories, because I have no idea how to do stories. Like, um, you know, our story graph links were in our stories recently. Um, pun not, mm-hmm. not intended. Um, <laughs> there's also a picture of my little dragon pet. So if anyone has any name suggestions. Um, I typically refer to it as a she, but, you know, male names work, too. doesn't matter. It's skeleton. It has no parts, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's ge- it's gender, it's gender neutral. neutral. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun stuff like that. So be sure to check all that stuff out. So, um, to wrap this up, thank you all again so much for listening. Uh, and remember, the right way isn't the only way. Bye. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music. Thank you.